Pro Football Focus joins the non-believers when it comes to the Buccaneers quarterback. We tell you where they got it right and where they got it wrong. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Memorial Day episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. And don't forget, you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow myself, my co-host, David Harrison, and the show on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. David Harrison is at DHarrison82. Of course, the show is at Locked on Bucks. David covers the Buccaneers as a credentialed media member for Sports Illustrated's Bucks Game Day. I am a credentialed media member for Bucks Nation as the deputy editor. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers, we want to share our appreciation for each and every one of you on today's episode of Lockdown Bucks. We are talking about a familiar face returning to the NFC South. But first, we're going to correct some more Baker Mayfield hate. All that is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right. Starting off today's episode of PFF's recent rankings of NFL starting quarterbacks. And just before we get into this conversation, uh, if you haven't seen the article on PFF.com, of course, you can do so. It's not behind the paywall, but they do clarify that they are using the quarterbacks that they project. PFF projects to take the most snaps for each team. There are no splits. There's no and or uh, this quarterback scenarios, and there's only 32 Quarterback. So, for example, because Kyler Murray is projected to miss most, if not the entire 2023 NFL season, uh, Sam Monson of uh, PFF has Colt McCoy in this rankings as the Cardinals starting quarterback, even though we all know Kyler Murray. Uh, well, I guess we don't know. But we all assume Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback if and when uh, he's healthy and ready to play. And then uh, because Brock Purdy looks like he's recovering at a decent schedule, even if he's not going to start the season, maybe, although uh, reports recently say that he actually might be ready. Uh, for opening weekend, but either way, they're using Brock Purdy because he's expected to start the majority of the year uh, as long as he continues on his current path. And that means that Monson and PFF.com have Baker Mayfield as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback being ranked here because they do uh, project him to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback. And they have him 28th, James, out of those 32 starting NFL quarterbacks with Monson writing, quote, it's difficult to argue that Mayfield's 2020 season was easily predictable, but it's equally difficult to maintain any kind of lofty expectations for him going forward after witnessing it. His 50.6 PFF grade on the year was 13 grading points lower than his previous career worst mark, which involved a torn shoulder. Um, and it speaks volumes that the Rams were happy to let him walk after he led the team to a remarkable win just after stepping off the plane after they traded for him. Mayfield has very good play on his NFL resume, but it's getting harder and harder to see it in the rearview mirror, end quote. James, I wrote this up. I aggregated it for BucksGameDay.com. Kind of dropped a little bit of, of, of my spin or my kind of take on it, but I left out a bigger part of my take on it, but that I'm going to share here on today's episode. But before I go rambling on about what I'm going to nitpick Monson for, 
What do you think of this uh, ranking? What do you think of this comment? Uh, I'm not going to rehash a lot of the stuff that we've talked about last year being set up for failure, the the switching of the teams midseason, the the team he had to work with when he got to Los Angeles. I'm not going to rehash all of that. Some people view it as excuses. I view it as reasons. My dad once told me to challenge people. They told me to stop making excuses, to have them explain to me the difference between a reason and an excuse. Um, so I'm not going to hash through all of that. What I will say is, first and foremost, it does not speak volumes that the Rams were happy to let him go because they still have Matthew Stafford, right? And they kind of expect Matthew Stafford to come back healthy, ready to lead the Los Angeles Rams. So why would you keep Baker Mayfield if you still have Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford is the better of the two quarterbacks, in my opinion. So no, the Rams letting him walk means absolutely nothing. Um, outside of that, um, again, yeah, Baker does have very good play on his NFL resume, and it's not that far in the rearview mirror when you take into account the reasons why he struggled over the course of the last two years. I still think he got screwed over by the Browns, and they found it as an excuse to try to make a big splash and make the fan base happy. Um, but you know, that's on them. We'll, we'll see if it works out. I kind of hope that it doesn't because I don't really care for the Cleveland Browns or Deshaun Watson. So, you know, you uh, reap what you more, more on that in just a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I'm, 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 I'm not going to rehash all the reasons we've given or all the conversations we've had either. In fact, I did like a full 30 minute episode where in that episode, I even said, I did not expect myself to be sitting here recording an episode where I'm literally going to bat for Baker Mayfield. Um, so if, if you're not an everydayer and you want to catch all those conversations we've had, you can go back and our, it basically, if Baker is in the, in the picture, the thumbnail picture, that's part of, the, that's one of the episodes where we had at least part of that conversation and we both written for it or the staffs have written for it at Bucks Nation and BucksGameDay.com. Um, but here's what I'm going to talk about. And this is, and, and you hit that point and it's the point that stood out to me. Look, we're, while we're sitting here saying that Baker Mayfield is probably better than most people are giving him credit for, we're not sitting here saying that there's no flaws in Baker Mayfield's game in his career path, nothing, right? So because there's no flaws in Baker Mayfield's game or his career path, you don't need to make things up, right? And, and, and this is what kind of bugged me about this comment because Sam Monson, frankly, is making something up to try to make his point, but he doesn't need to make this up to make his point because like you said, James, the Rams didn't just happily let Baker Mayfield walk out the door. No, they didn't try to resign him, but they also traded Jalen Ramsey. So does that mean that Jalen Ramsey is the number 28 cornerback in the National Football League? No. It means that this Los Angeles Rams team is paying for the Super Bowl that they've already purchased. And look, it's worth it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, your franchise has a Super Bowl in the city that you just recently moved to. So it's perfectly worth it. But they traded Jalen Ramsey to save $5.6 million in cap space. They released Leonard Floyd to save $3 million in cap space. And then they got offensive tackle Joseph Noteboom to renegotiate his deal to save $9 million of cap space. That gave them $17.6 million. Now, in free agency, here's what they did. They re-signed guard Coleman Shelton, a backup offensive lineman. Defensive lineman Marquise Copeland, no disrespect Marquise, a backup defensive lineman on just about every other team except for this one right now. And they signed, the only free agent they added, quarterback Brett Rippon at a, a total, those three players, total, $4.4 million average annual salary. Two of those guys are on one-year deals. Baker Mayfield's deal alone, $8 million. Almost twice what these three players, and those are the only three contracts they, they signed, either renewed or added free agency this offseason. 
the result in saving $17.6 million and adding $4.4 million in new salary, James, $4.6 million in salary cap. That's what the Rams have right now after losing Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, Joseph Noteboom, signing, re-signing a backup offensive lineman, a defensive lineman who is listed as a starter, but would probably be a backup on most other NFL teams, and a third-string quarterback. That is the situation the Rams are in. They're not happy about none of this. Now, they are on in line to get four comp picks in 2024 because they also watched about 20 free agents sign elsewhere because they couldn't afford to re-sign them, not just Baker Mayfield. Oh, by the way, tight end Tyler Higby is projected by some as a post-June 1st cut to save the Rams an additional $4 million, which when you factor in the $12.5 million they need to sign their draft class, when you compare to the regular season cap, not the, not the top 51 cap that they get until September, they're about $4 million in the hole. That's, that's where the Rams are sitting right now. So uh, furthermore, Sean McVay at the end of the regular season, quote, he's talking about Baker Mayfield, left a huge impression. I think all of his teammates would echo that same sentiment. Been really impressed with him. I don't think you can minimize how quickly he's come in and deared himself to his teammates. Get familiar with some of the vernacular, the verbiage. Then you're going out and playing NFL caliber football games. Continued on, Sean McVay said, quote, he's done a great job. And if this hasn't elevated people's opinions and thoughts of him, I'm not sure what he could have done to change whatever the perception is. I just know I think very highly of him and I've loved working with him, end quote. So no, the Rams weren't just happy to let him scoop, skip to his loo. What they were hoping is that they could bring him in, salvage a little bit of their season, maybe he could drop enough excitement to where they could turn one of those four uh, compensatory picks into another third round compensatory pick because they knew that he was a rental because Matt Stafford is coming back and that dude is under contract for way more. They cannot move Matt Stafford. So they had to let Baker Mayfield walk. And look, before anybody says, yeah, that's Sean McVay speaking coach speak. I understand coach speak. You don't have to go to those depths to praise a guy for coach speak. You can simply say, oh, I've been real impressed with Baker. He came in. He's got a certain role. He's filled that role very well. Answer. You don't have to go into these depths about a guy if you don't actually believe it. And again, could it be coach speak? Sure, it could be coach speak. But the bottom line is there's zero evidence to say that the Rams were just, quote unquote, happy to let Baker uh, walk out the door. So that's really, again, it's if you want to criticize Baker, fine. There's plenty of other reasons to do it. Don't make stuff up. All right. So obviously we're not fans of Monson's rankings or at least how he got to him. Uh, but we are going to throw our own rankings that we're going to tell you where we would rank Baker Mayfield. So you can tell us. Uh, if we're wrong. So don't worry. If you don't like that, we're, uh, I guess, defending Baker Mayfield to a certain extent, then uh, you get your chance coming up next on Locked on Bucks, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now, new customers, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, the Boston Celtics just will not go away. And they are now one game away from doing what no other team has ever done in NBA history. And that's coming back from three, nothing down in a playoff series to win that series. And according to Saturday night's broadcast, because I didn't confirm it because uh, I trust those guys. And according to Saturday night's broadcast on their last second game six, win, the Celtics are the first team to ever tie a series at three games apiece after being down three, nothing who will get game seven on their home court. That is huge. James, I'm not going to ask you what you're betting, but who do you have winning the Eastern Conference Finals? 
Well, my bet streak is over. I did finally win one, but I'll tell you this. Uh, what what better city than Boston for this to happen? They had the 0-4 Red Sox that came back from 3-0 against the Yankees. They had the Boston Bruins up three games to none against the Flyers back in 2010 before the Flyers came back and won. So Boston knows both sides of this. I got to go with the Boston Celtics, man. Jimmy Butler is not Jimmy Butlering. Well, the Celtics are seven and a half point favorites to win game seven right now over FanDuel.com and minus 320 favorites to win the game on the money line. And yes, James, I have the Boston Celtics winning the Eastern Conference Finals because as Big Poppy once said, this is our city and that's for Boston. I've never been to Boston, so it's not my city. But yeah, the history is there. Boston knows how to do this. And I think they're going to do it again. No matter what you bet, there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action America's number one sports book. Just remember the Celtics are not going to repeat the Red Sox history by sweeping the next team in the championship round because the Denver Nuggets will win the NBA finals. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making a locked on bucks first listen or view today and every day. Every day, make sure you come back tomorrow. We will continue talking about more Tampa Bay Buccaneers items as we move closer towards the end of the OTA period. Actually, we've got like one more week of OTA period. Uh, well, two more weeks of OTA period. And then it's the uh, the long summer before training camp begins. But we'll we'll be OK. We'll get through it together with fun conversations like this one that we're about to have, because we are about to tell you taking Sam Monson's PFF quarterback rankings. We're going to reshuffle a little bit and tell you where we would put Baker, if, if it's only fair, if we're going to come at Sam and say that we we think he got it wrong for whatever reason, we have to open up ourselves and give our opinion so that you or anybody else can tell us that we are wrong. That is that's the only just way to do this. So here's what we're going to do, James. We're going to take the quarterbacks and we're going to not reorganize them completely, but we're going to basically tell the tell the good people who we would rather have or who we would rather have Baker over. In a, in a way of reshuffling this list. So basically the highest quarterback you have on your list that you would rather have Baker over, that's where Baker should be ranked, right? Yeah, uh, essentially, except, you know, like in my case, I don't have like the highest number that I have. I don't have every player after him between that player and Baker. Right. You know, I don't have Baker ahead of. So there, there's still some reshuffling. Like Again, we're not going to reorder and renumber all of these. But if we're taking a look at 2023 and these particular quarterbacks, you know, these are these are the guys that we would not start over Baker Mayfield. That is a great point, because my number one player that I would not take over Baker Mayfield is number five ranked Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets, which is I don't want any parts of that. Just no, I'm good now. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to fully admit, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a more talented quarterback. Obviously, from a wins-loss stance, yes, Aaron Rodgers. Wait, it's not even a question. It's not even a question. I'm just saying, I don't want any part of any darkness retreats or any of this other craziness, demand list of you will sign this guy, you will bring Randall Cobb on, and yes, you will keep him on your active roster because that's a thing we're doing in 2023. Uh, I also wouldn't take Kirk Cousins over Baker Mayfield, and look, I know a lot of people are going to tell me I'm crazy for that one, but that actually is kind of a play thing. Like I just, I don't watch Kirk cousins. And I don't get impressed. Um, I also wouldn't take Deshaun Watson for uh, a lot of reasons, including the, the off field, just the, 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 the aggravation. I will just put it that way. Those are my three quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk cousins, Deshaun Watson. That's my, I don't want you cause you're not worth the aggravation list. Okay. If it's Madden, give it to me all day. Cause none of that aggra- aggravation exists uh, on Madden. So 
Um, that's the first part of my list, James, but I will get into the second part of my list. And this kind of goes into what you talked about. And these are the quarterbacks that rank higher than Baker Mayfield that I would rather have Baker Mayfield over. And yes, some of these are going to surprise you guys. Number 15, Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, I know comeback player of the year, all those other things, but I've said consistently on this show, it's hard to have a really good year as a quarterback. It's even harder to have two. So until he does it for a second year in a row, and let's be honest, the end of last season, not all that great. So it's already kind of taking a downward turn. We'll see what happens this season. Jared Goff, because he's Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Love, 15, 16, 17, 19, 21, 24, 26. All of those guys, James, are guys that I would not take over Baker Mayfield. So if you want to get technical about it, we can call it 14. But if you listen to the numbers, there are some gaps there that I'll get into here in just a second. Yeah, well, I mean, going back to the to the first set of names, um, we kind of just did the you're going to sign who I want you to sign stuff and, and the big name guy and the MVP candidate and all that. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers, I absolutely would have done it again for the Buccaneers to go from Brady to yeah. Rodgers. Uh, strictly because I'm selfish and I feel that it would have opened up the opportunity for either of us to be on Pat McAfee's show because and we Randall would be, Cobb would be in Tampa. And I mean, I mean, is he, is he the, a better number four option than what they have right now? Uh, listen, we've got some YouTubers <laughs> that think Trey Palmer is like a legit number three. So, I mean, we might be I, missing something saying, right now. There, there's no wide receiver depth. So sure. Randall Cobb can come hang out on the active roster. Uh, and then as far as, as the other names, uh, that you listed, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive too much into it. Well, unless are, are you saving your, your other tier for, Apple? I will, I will get into my next tier next, but I will let you first okay. go over the quarterbacks that you would rather have Baker Mayfield over on this list. So a lot of, a lot of names overlap here. Um, I have Jared Goff because he's Jared Goff. And I actually got into a debate with a couple of buddies of mine, uh, just yesterday when. Two of them said that Jared Goff was better than Derek Carr, and I was very confused. And my Lions fan friend was like, check the stats from last year. I'm like, yeah, he did it one year. Let's hit pause on the overexcitement of Jared Goff. Uh, Daniel Jones, who just got drastically overpaid because he followed the Jared Goff model, rides your running back in a good defense to the playoffs. Uh, Justin Fields, our everydayers know how I feel about Justin Fields. I would... I would rather have Josh. We're good. Rather have Josh Johnson than Justin Fields. Uh, I'm with you on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I'm with you on Mac Jones. I have Kenny Pickett on here. I have Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's not because I have anything against Jimmy Garoppolo. He wins games. You got to give him that. And we talked about that when we were talking about who could replace Tom Brady. He wins games, but he's He's the the 2020s version of Brad Johnson, right? He's a game manager that just doesn't screw it up. Uh, Baker is going to go out there. He'll win you some games. He'll lose you some games. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to put the team on his shoulders and lead you to victory. Bryce Young, rookie, don't know, unknown. He could be, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He could be Jamarcus Russell. Jordan Love, yeah, no, I'll take Baker. Thank you. Sam Howell, I do have Colt McCoy on this list because that's who they have listed for the Arizona Cardinals. I will say if it was Kyler, I would probably have Kyler just barely above Baker, but I put like Kyler Murray, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, all kind of in that same realm where it could, that order could be 
interchanged no matter what. Uh, CJ Stroud, because we know what that's going to end up like. Desmond Ritter. I, I love Desmond Ritter, UC guy, but I, I don't have faith in him as my starting quarterback. And then finally, Anthony Richardson. And I will say before you go on to, to your last year, I have Anthony Richardson and Kenny Pickett as players that I would take Baker Mayfield over them in 2023. But I do believe that both of them are going to end up better than what Baker Mayfield is now. Just not yeah. for this season. Yeah, that's fair. So the rest of the quarterbacks that are kind of, they're not in that top five tier of like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, but they're kind of in this middle tier that I would still take over Baker, Justin Fields, because every dayers are familiar with that conversation. Uh, Russell Wilson, just, I mean, if if I'm going to sit here and say, you got to do it more than one year to prove to me that you're good. I got to be fair and say, okay, you've got to be bad for more than one year to prove that you're bad. So I would still give Russell Wilson that benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, I like the I like the potential there. Brock Purdy, I think he showed enough. Bryce Young, I like the potential. Uh, and a guy like Bryce Young, Sam Howell, just because I've seen him in person. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's a good young quarterback. And then C.J. Stroud because O-H-I-O. Coming up next, James, a former Buccaneers coach is back in the NFC South, and you're going to say words about that. I am. Let's go. Wrapping things up here on a Memorial Day edition of the Lock On Box Podcast. And on this Memorial Day, we remember the ghosts of Buccaneers past. And in that, I mean John Gruden, who has re-entered the NFC South. And you know, David, it might be good news for the Buccaneers. And uh, look, Former Bucks coach, Super Bowl champion. He has been brought in to the New Orleans Saints as a consultant to help the New Orleans Saints shape a new offense around Derek Carr's talents. And that is according to Saints beat writer Jeff Duncan. David, before I go on my own little tangent, I'm going to ask you, is this a good thing or a bad thing? from a Buccaneers perspective that John Gruden is now working with the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr? Uh, I mean, I, I would almost say it's a good thing. Honestly, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's just kind of a thing, right? To quote the great Bailey Adams, currently of the Peter Report, that's a thing that happened. That is a thing um, that happened. But here's, here's what I would say, actually. If you're bringing in John Gruden to be some sort of consultant to help the Saints uh, shape the offense around Derek Carr, well, then that means you're probably expecting some tendencies that you saw in Vegas while Derek Carr was working under John Gruden. And so actually that kind of brings a little bit more relevancy to uh, that Vegas tape that you that you have. You know what I mean? Because really with the gap between Gruden and then coming to New Orleans, like, yeah, you can study it and maybe say, well, he doesn't like pressure on this side or this side. But like how much of it really can you take? Well, now you can probably take more than you could uh, before because that, that seems and. Uh, Bucks fans who remember John Gruden will know this guy kind of likes to do things the way he does things like John Gruden, you know, like the guy uh, from, from what I know, not the most creative person like Jeff Garcia offense, John Gruden offense pretty much looks the same as like Josh McCown, uh, Bruce Gradkowski. I don't know. Was Gradkowski under Gruden? Um, you know what I mean? Like, a Gruden offense is just kind of a Gruden offense. Like, and that's not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. It's just, he's, he's kind of a guy who knows his comfort zone and he likes to kind of stay in that comfort zone. So from that aspect, I would say this is actually a good thing because it gives the Buccaneers a little bit of a strategic advantage. Cause you almost kind of expect 
uh, what you saw in Vegas with Derek Carr in now in New Orleans. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like it, it's still it's still going to depend on how the rosters take shape and how they can utilize those rosters because, um, you know, that's, that's just how football works. I am going to say that for the Buccaneers, this is a good to great thing. And I will explain. Now, based off of how much work John Gruden does with the offensive coaching staff, with Dennis Allen, and with Derek Carr, we may have to revisit these rankings where I take Baker Mayfield above Carr. Because John Gruden had four years with this dude. Four. Never were the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders in the top 20 in overall rankings during that time. In in points per game, they peaked at 10th back in 2020. They were ranked 28th, 24th, 10th, and 19th. I'm sorry, 18th. So they had one in, once in the top 10 and then never in the top 15 with Gruden and Carr. They were ranked uh, 24th, 19th, 11th, and 16th in passing touchdowns. So no top 10s, one top 15 with Gruden and Carr. And never in those four years did Gruden and Carr's offense help the Raiders get to a record above 500. They peaked in that 2020 year when they were 10th in, in points at eight and eight. So why you would bring in this guy to be your offensive consultant when the results of his time with this quarterback show that they were never even sniffing being above mediocre is hilarious to me. And all it's going to do, and again, it depends on how much of what Gruden is, is consulting and telling them that they actually implement and follow through with. But if they're bringing him in, they're bringing him in for this reason. So, you know, why would you, why would you spend the time and the money to bring this guy in as your consultant and then ignore everything that he says? It's good news for the Buccaneers because all you're doing is keeping the Saints offense mediocre like it was last year. It was not a great offense. Now, they have some better weapons, you could argue, uh, than they did during Gruden's time with the Raiders. I mean, they Olave is an absolute monster. Michael Thomas is going to be great for like two weeks before he's back on the IR. You still have Kamara there if he doesn't get suspended for all of the nonsense that happened in ironically, Las Vegas. Um, so they they do have better options than Carr had in, in Vegas and in Oakland under John Gruden. But we saw that Gruden's offense in today's NFL doesn't work. His style doesn't work. It's outdated. It's, it's easily beaten. And go ahead, New Orleans. Go ahead and implement this because that is going to be hilarious. I mean, you make some pretty valid points. Honestly, I don't think this has anything to do with making Derek Carr better or even making the Saints offense better. I think this is just a way for John Gruden to get back in the NFL and start to work his way 
back into uh, a position of relevancy. Um, but, you know, I think you, I think you have very valid points. I'm not really too concerned about it. Um, you know, if the Saints win the NFC South, I don't think anybody's going to stand up there uh, and say, man, if it wasn't for John, we wouldn't be able to do this. Um, so, you know, uh, if, 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 if it has any major impact, like you, like you kind of said, it really just kind of vanilla eyes. I don't know if I can make that word up. The Saints offense. Vanillifies, I think that's a better one. Yeah. Um, I heard Dan Snyder likes vanilla ice cream. He likes to put it on coaches' desks. Anyway, yeah, I like what you said. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. David and I, of course, will be back tomorrow. And if you have any thoughts, reactions, ideas, if you want to do your own reaction to the PFF quarterback rankings that we started to pick apart, please feel free to send those in to locked on bucks podcast, gmail.com, or of course slide into the DMS on Twitter at locked on bucks. We want to thank you again for making locked on bucks. Your first listen or view every single day for making us part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else, Tampa Bay Buccaneers related that you want to know or discuss or talk about, of course, you can reach us on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at D Harrison 82. And the show is at Locked on Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked on Bucks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.